0: This is Atolio Conversations. I'm Luke Alley. Today, I'm excited to share my conversation with Julie Cullivan. Julie's resume has a number of experiences on it shared by few other technology executives of her caliber. Before becoming a first-time CIO at FireEye, She was a leader in sales operations and go-to-market at companies like Autodesk and McAfee. Since then, Julie served as the Chief Technology and People Officer at Forescout, and is now a board director at Axon, Heartflow, and Adea. Julie and I talk about how she transitioned to becoming a CIO, the lessons that she learned from her experiences in sales and as a CTPO, why working with startups isn't just about saving money, and more. And with that, over to my conversation with Julie Cullivan. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: My pleasure.
0: So I wanted to start by talking about an interesting point in your career when you went from working primarily in go-to-market and sales to becoming the first-time CIO at FireEye. And I was wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about what it was like to make that leap.
1: So, yeah, I had spent, uh, you know, I did uh, my first part of my career in corporate finance and made a pivot into go-to-market, which was sort of unique at the time. But after 15 years on the go-to-market side, at least, I had a unique opportunity uh, that came my way when Dave DeWalt became CEO of FireEye, you know, had a fairly fast-paced, you know, plan to go public and was building out the executive team there. He approached me about a role, and initially I assumed it would be some sort of go-to-market related role. And as we were talking, he's like, No, I want you to come in to be the, the first CIO at FireEye. And as part of that, I want you to take on the whole security function as well, because that was a really critical function for the organization, being a security company and being a target by bad actors. And initially, my reaction was, no, 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 you've got the wrong person. But as we talked about it, and he, you know, really just sort of felt like, hey, look, you are, you understand the business side inside and out, you are. Build great teams. You get stuff done, right? He's like, you have all the makings, right, of somebody that can make this kind of a, a shift. And, you know, as I thought about it, you know, there was very little downside, right? The worst that could happen is it just wasn't for me, and I wasn't as good as it as we had all hoped. But um, I'm just so glad that that I made that move because it gave me a whole different outlook and perspective. Um, and uh, you know, I've just learned so much in moving into a completely different role and function, and not something that I had, you know, sort of grown up through my career. Uh, so he was very instrumental in seeing me in a different way than I saw myself.
0: So when you were adapting to that new role as a CIO, did you have any lessons from your experiences in sales that you thought were helpful?
1: Yeah, I, I think it was always that we're ultimately whatever we're doing in the entire organization is really for the customer. It, certainly employees are important, right? There's, there's more to it, but, you know, it, it is about the customer and the problems that we're trying to solve. And And so what I've always found and I think what I've always encouraged my leadership teams, regardless of what function I've run is, Always keep that lens, right? It's a reminder why we do some of the things we do, right? And and why we put up with some of the things we put up with, right? The fire drills, the whatever. It's like if you remind yourself constantly that, hey, ultimately, this is about solving problems for customers. And this is why we do what we do. I think it just just kind of gets everybody re-energized again, right? It's like, hey, look, you know, this cloud transformation is critical. Therefore, I know we're up against (laughs) some tough deadlines and we're understaffed or whatever it is, but this is how important it is to the customer. Um, And I'm telling you, I think we're all salespeople at heart. You're selling every day, right? Whatever it is that you do, you're somehow selling, but I think being in a sales role, even for a short period of time. Um, I think you learn so much from, you know, learning how to pitch the company and, you know, understanding how customers and prospects want to buy, how to collaborate, you know, how to ask hard questions, right? Like you just learned so much (laughs) in that one position um, that I think it serves people in whatever it is that they want to do.
0: So more recently, you were head of both HR and technology at Forescout, and that's a fairly unusual role. So did it teach you anything that you think that other CIOs with a more typical purview could learn from?
1: Don't underestimate how important leadership, communication, empathy, engagement, personalizing your interactions. I just think that, that more and more what sometimes is perceived as not important, I think people realize more and more that, that that's what's critical. And um, you know, I was not a I, career IT person and stepped into CIO role, and I think what helped me make that transition was I might not have known every nitty detail of the network architecture, but I knew how to lead and I knew how to make risk decisions. And I I knew a set of things that could build me a little bit of credibility, but more than anything, I spent the time to understand the team and I had their, I had their back, right? Like I was, they always knew that even if I was pushing on them, that We were a team and I had their back and they were going to get credit for when things went well and they were, I was going to take the blame when things didn't, right? Like it was building that type of understanding. And I think that that's really important if you want to build sustainable teams, right? I mean, there's so much opportunity for amazing technical people in the world that, you know, to get them to stay, right? It's, it's it's not just career advancement, but that they're getting to work on cool projects and they're getting to enhance their skills, but more than anything, they're working for a manager and a director and a leader that they they trust and know are trying to advance them, but also, you know, really, really are there for them when they need it. I think the other was, um, you know, just recognizing that um, you're not that special. Uh, You know, so so what if you have a C in your title, and I remember that every, every leadership role I've really ever stepped in, one of the first things I've always done is do skip levels throughout the organization. And then as new hires would come on board, 30, 60, 90 days after they joined, I'd have somebody get them on my calendar so I could see, hey, tell me about the first 90 days and i had so many people come to me and say you know what i never had a meeting or a one on one with my previous cio or any cio i've ever and these were career it people and i was like what made them think that they were so special that they couldn't find time to you know at least get to know the team and again you know you get to a point where you have hundreds of people but you know even at fireeye when the team was growing and we had a huge presence in india i always made sure that i got on their calendar so I think it's just those types of things that historically maybe weren't the priority. I think more and more, and I think, gosh, during this pandemic, it became that much more important because I had people and IT. So probably two of the groups that were hardest hit in terms of, okay, how do we make this all happen overnight? And how do we make sure that folks can be productive, but that we're thinking about their wellness and their health and that they understand that we're we're putting employee first, um, so it's just, I, I think it's just having that human side that, that really, really is critical.
0: So let's talk a little bit about working with startups. What is your experience like there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, particularly my FireEye experience and and particularly the security space, right? There's so much innovation going on. There's so many problems to be solved, therefore, Uh, you know, solutions to come to play. And then there's also been the evolution of technology across machine learning, AI, all these types of things that have lent themselves across the entire business process chain, right? Like, I mean, you know, AI, you know, can solve problems in, in every part of a business. So I think it really started where once I was in this sort of security world that, you know, there was just so much, opportunity, right? to kind of look at, hey, would this solve a problem? Uh, but then it's also balancing that with my strategy and capacity has always been more built around like willing to do it, but it's got to be in the context of initiatives that that already were on on the radar., um, and then it's really working with the startup to make sure that, hey, look, this has got to be reasonable effort on both sides. Um, and it's also has to be like, look, be honest about what you can and can't do. It's best to just say, hey, look, we're really good at this, but we're not going to solve this problem, as opposed to trying to, you know, sort of oversell. And I just find when somebody's very specific about, we don't do this, but this is what we do do, and we do it really well, that that's much more helpful for me to be able to work with my team and say, hey, you know, do we want to invest a reasonable amount of time on both sides? And it's also, you know, getting startups to understand that um, my, you know, desire is for it to not just be something that I can do in a cost-effective way, but that really is going to check something off a list for me that's important, not just to me, but to to the rest of the organization, ideally. But it's also great, what I found is, for me, growing my own team's you know, interest and excitement, right? Because they love to hear about new stuff that's going on. So, you know, I would get engaged a lot. And, you know, I was like, look, don't meet with me, right? Meet with me and these two folks from my team who A, are gonna be able to give you way better input, but B, they love this stuff, right? They wanna hear what's going on. And then inevitably out of some of those conversations, there'd be one or two, right? That it's like, hey, this year, let's go play around with these and see if they can't make a difference. It's fun to be engaged with early stage, right? And in some cases, I've been involved in some that ultimately, you know, two companies later have ended up bringing them in, right, and, and buying them. So it, it, you know, you, you start off on the right foot early on, right? And whether it's, the, you know, I become a customer today or two years from now, it's all good.
0: Can you tell me about a particular example of a successful relationship that you've had with a startup?
1: One of my um, best stories is, is my very early engagement with Cobalt.io that um, started off through uh, the Stanford Accelerator for founders. Um, actually, kind of going after a different um, problem, um, and did a pivot along the way. And you know now are the leader in pen test as a service, and went from you know four founders to 150 plus employees. And, you know, have just really been with them on this whole journey and um, eventually became a customer when when um, they filled a need that that we absolutely had. So I'd say that's where I kind of feel like I have been able to sort of, you know, influence, you know, sort of from a buyer perspective, from a having scaled companies perspective. Um, you know, from sort of a lot of different angles, I feel like I've been able to really engage with them and and um, be able to use my experiences to help them along the way. I mean, I've gotten a ton out of it as well, right? Because I hadn't necessarily ever worked for a four-person organization, right? I mean, so for me to be able to see that, that part of the journey has been invaluable. Um, so I'd say that's probably my my biggest success story because I knew they were on to something and um, you know, I think they also have shown the ability to kind of adjust as necessary and, and have landed in a really great spot that there's a lot of opportunity for them to continue to grow in.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Julie. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to Julie Cullivan for coming on the show and thank you to Tom Tierney for the music. Please be sure to subscribe to Atolio Conversations wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you again in two weeks.